it's alluded to in chapter 7. And here in chapter 8 it makes reference to this sanctuary. But Jesus Christ, our great high priest, is a minister of the sanctuary. And this sanctuary is in heaven. And the first point I want to stress this evening is that Jesus Christ is superior in his priesthood because the priesthood of Jesus Christ is carried out from the very presence of God the Father, from the very throne of heaven, not on the earth. Here in verses 1 and 2, within these verses we have a climax of what has already been stressed and what is yet to be said is indicated. Jesus Christ is a priest. He is a priest on a throne, a priest who ministers in heaven on our behalf. His royal position is stressed. Note then verse 1, who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. The right hand of God the Father. The Bible teaches us in Acts chapter 5 verse 31, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour. And when Stephen was being stoned to death, to, to death, the Bible teaches us he looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who also maketh intercession for us. The priesthood of Jesus Christ is from the presence of God the Father on his right hand. So his position is superior. So his person, in his person Jesus Christ is superior and in his work and service it is superior because of his position that he intercedes on our behalf from the right hand of God the Father. And the proof of his ministry in the priesthood is spelled out in the third verse. Note this in verse number 3 of chapter 8. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. That's the whole purpose of a priest. They represented man before God. An individual would present their offering at the temple. They wouldn't literally uh, sacrifice. They would present their offering to the priest and the priest would take the offering and present it on the behalf of the individual. That's how it worked. So there was this distance, this barrier, see? So that's what verse number 3 is referring to. Every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. So the the high priest led uh, the priesthood in presenting these gifts on man's behalf to God. He was the chief representative of every gift every sacrifice given from man to God in order to make atonement for their sin, to provide a covering for their shortcomings. 
The third verse goes on to read, it is of necessity that this man, that is Jesus Christ, our great high priest, hath somewhat also to offer. So the essential idea of the priesthood is ministry. A priest is a servant and the specific form of his service is in presenting gifts and sacrifices on the behalf of God's people. Now Jesus Christ is superior in his service as our great high priest not only because he is seated at the right hand of God the Father and he intercedes, he ministers on our behalf but also because of the ultimate sacrifice that he presented of himself in order that we might experience the forgiveness of sin. So Jesus Christ fulfilled in this the gift and sacrifice of himself. And that's what the third verse is referring to. If you go back to chapter 7 please, note then verse 27, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he, that is Jesus Christ, he did once when he offered up himself. See? So Jesus Christ is superior as our great high priest that he uh, didn't present gifts and sacrifices on the behalf of others. He presented himself as that ultimate sacrifice for man's sin. Note then chapter 9 please, verses 13 and 14. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So Jesus Christ is superior in his service as our great high priest. He is superior in his person as our great high priest. He is without sin. He is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. But also Jesus Christ is superior in his royal priesthood because of where he is positioned at the right hand of God the Father and also based upon the presentation of himself as the ultimate sacrifice for man's sin. He has offered himself once and for all on the cross for the sins of humanity. He shed his blood that we might experience the forgiveness of sin. Note there in chapter 9, please, once again, verses 27 and 28. As it is appointed unto men once to die, I wish we would get a hold of that. It's appointed unto man once to die. Not many times. The Bible doesn't teach reincarnation. That's gobbledygook. The Bible teaches us it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And, uh, and the issue is you and I need to be prepared for that day. If it's not one way, it's another. Our days are numbered that, that 
uh, clock is ticking away and sooner or later your life, my life will be terminated because it's appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. But there is hope. There is hope in the person of Christ who offers forgiveness. Note then verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. My friend, even those appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment Jesus Christ offers salvation for all mankind because he presented himself as that ultimate sacrifice for sin. That's why his priesthood is superior in its service, not only because of his position that he is seated at the right hand of God the Father and he intercedes on your behalf, on my behalf. What a privilege to know that God the Son prays for me. God the Son prays for you. But he is superior in his presentation. See, an earthly human priest would present gifts and sacrifices. Gifts and sacrifices. Day in, day out, on the behalf of man. To what avail? Atonement. Covering. Not forgiveness, covering. With a hope that one day a Saviour will come, a Messiah will come, that will be the final atonement. And that final atonement is Jesus Christ. And God is trying to emphasise to these Hebrew believers that were still looking back over the fence to the old Judaism and he's trying to remind them, hey, those offerings, those gifts can only atone. But in Christ there is salvation. In Christ there is forgiveness once and for all. And if Jesus Christ is to return, we can look for him and, and, and live in the reality of that blessed hope. The proof of his ministry in the priesthood is the fact that he presented himself once and for all for our sin and he is seated at the right hand of God the Father showing us and reminding us of the fact that his work is complete and to the satisfaction of God the Father. Note then chapter 10 verse 12 it reads... Chapter 10, verse 12, By this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. See, God the Father was pleased with the offering of God the Son. He was pleased with that sacrifice. When Jesus Christ cried out, It is finished. God the Father was pleased that the blood of his only begotten son was shed, his body was broken, full atonement, complete atonement, once and for all, atonement, forgiveness was provided in the death, burial and in the resurrection of Christ. And there is forgiveness in him. And God the Father was well pleased because God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, he is seated 
at the right hand of God the Father which shows that his work is complete. Complete. A complete work, a complete salvation. So Jesus Christ is superior. This new covenant involves a high priest in Jesus Christ who has an eternal office in heaven at the right hand of God the Father interceding for you and I, praying for you and I. And his priesthood is superior in its, his presentation. A human priest presented gifts and sacrifices of others. But Jesus Christ presented himself once and for all. And therefore he promises us a better way. It's referred to as a new covenant. And that's the emphasis of verses 4 to 6. 4 to 6. For his origin is not on earth. Look at verse number 4. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest. Because Jesus Christ didn't come from the Levitical line. Didn't come from the tribe of Levi. Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world, came through the tribe of Judah after the order of Melchizedek, see? So it doesn't make sense that he had a earthly qualification. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, rightfully so. He wouldn't qualify. Seeing that there are priests that are that offer gifts according to the law. See? So stress that he comes from the line of the tribe of Judah, back in chapter 7, the third verse. Go back to chapter 7, the third verse. After the order of Melchizedek, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest, how long? Continually. But those Jewish priests served for a season. They were on a rotation roster. And they would serve for a season and then they'd, they'd come off the roster and then when it's their time again, they would serve for a season. But this was limited because eventually those priests died. <laughs> they died. And they no longer had the ability to serve or represent man before God. But Jesus Christ is superior. He is our eternal high priest. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. So the earthly priests in offering up gifts and sacrifices were a shadow of things to come. That would be better, that would be more permanent. Look at verse number 5. So he's referring to these earthly priests Verse 5, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God, 
when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that 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 thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. So when God gave Moses the blueprint for the tabernacle, the tabernacle, which means a tent, something temporal, that's what the word tabernacle means, it wasn't permanent. But it was in anticipation that one day God's people would have a permanent temple in one place forever. So the earthly priest, the Levitical priesthood, offered up gifts and sacrifices. In doing so, they were providing a shadow of something to come that will be more permanent. This is this new covenant. So when God gave Moses the blueprint for the tabernacle, it was, a, it was in anticipation that one day God's people would have a permanent temple in one place forever. And in this temple they will be able to worship God and worship God in spirit and in truth, the better way. So he goes on and he explains in verse number 6. Look at verse number 6. Jesus Christ is superior as our great high priest, not only in his person, chapter 7, but in his service, his work, Chapter 8, because of where he's positioned in heaven, it's a permanent, eternal position at the right hand of God the Father. He'll never be depromoted. It is eternal and he intercedes on your behalf and my behalf. And he is also superior in the fact that he presented himself as an ultimate sacrifice. He died once and for all for your sin. He died once and for all for my sin. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How is that possible? It's possible because Jesus Christ died once and for all for man's sin. He died, was buried and rose again. And for those of us that repent and by faith receive him as saviour, we can enjoy that forgiveness and enter into a, a relationship with our great high priest who is seated at the right hand of God the Father who satisfies the demands of a holy God fully. And he has provided a better way, a better covenant, a better way to worship God, that we can worship God now in spirit and in truth. See, within the Old Testament economy, they had to go to the tabernacle. They had to go to the temple in order to worship God. And God was in a sacred place. It was called the Holies of Holies. That was the presence of God was there. But you and I would approach the temple and we would have our gifts and we 
There's no way we could go in and see God personally within the Jewish economy. You paid for your gifts and you gave your gift to the priest and they presented that gift unto God. But only the high priest could go into the holies of holies. But he could only do so once a year. Once a year. So God was at a distance. God is holy. This is the old covenant reminding us of the fact that it's sin that has placed a barrier between a holy God and man. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the Bible teaches that the temple veil was rent in twain and he provides access into the very presence of God. And Jesus Christ is superior for he offers something better, something eternal. And that's what verse 6 is stressing. Look at verse 6, please, of chapter 8. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. A better ministry. But how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. So here in verse 6 we have a more excellent ministry or a better ministry, a better covenant, better promises. A more excellent ministry. In what way is the ministry of Jesus Christ as our great high priest superior to Judaism? Well, it is a heavenly ministry. He's seated on the right hand of God the Father and he intercedes on our behalf. It is spiritual, it is not temporal. It is real, it is not a shadow. Because remember there in verse number 5, who serve under the example and shadow of heavenly things. So different portions within the tabernacle, within the Jewish temple, pointed to something that was yet to come. Something that was real. And God is trying to stress to these Christians that to know Jesus Christ, you have the real deal. You have the real Saviour. He is the real deal. Now what the Jewish people had within the Old Testament economy was simply a prototype of something to come. But Jesus Christ is real and He's permanent and He gave Himself to provide forgiveness for you and I and He's seated at the right hand of God the Father and He intercedes on our behalf. He's real. In Christ we have that which is real. The world passeth away and the lust thereof, the Bible teaches us in 1 John. But Jesus Christ is our eternal high priest. I'm afraid that the majority of the world live in a virtual world. They're not living reality. People live, for example, as if they're going to live forever. And if I avoid 
coronavirus, then I'll live forever. What absolute nonsense. If I can avoid this uh, disease, this virus, then I'll live forever. Absolute nonsense. It's a point in the man wants to die. See? That's the real world. And if you really believe in the real world that it's a point in the man wants to die, then you'll prepare for that time. Will you not? But that's not where the world lives. They want to deny the reality of mortality. They want to live as if immortality reigns. But immortality doesn't reign. Only God is immortal. Only God is incorruptible. Only God is eternal. And it's a point in the man wants to die and then the judgment. That's reality. But we can be prepared to meet our God. That's the hope we have as Bible-believing Christians. Jesus Christ is real. He is not a shadow. He is the real deal. And God was trying to say to these Hebrew believers, hey, those old uh, days where you presented those gifts, they were a shadow. They were a prototype of a Messiah to come. And in Christ you have him. You have all in all. You know he that is real. A better ministry based upon a better covenant. Note then verse 6 once again. The mediator of a better covenant. It is a permanent relationship that is absolute, not conditional. Spiritual, not carnal. Universal, I can worship God anywhere. Not local. I don't have to go to Jerusalem, to the temple, to worship God. I can worship God from my home. I can be anywhere in the world and I can still worship God. It's a better covenant because it's a relationship-based covenant. See? It's eternal. It's not temporal. It's personal. This new covenant is personal. Not national. It's internal. Not external. See, God within the Old Testament economy was at a distance. Are you with me? This is very important. He was at a distance. He was afar off. He was in the holies of holies, rightfully so. And people worship God who is in the holies of holies through a priest. But now this new better covenant, because of Jesus Christ, our great high priest who offered himself, we can worship God in spirit and in truth. We can have a relationship and we can walk with God and we can enter into, so to speak, the holies of holies. This is this new covenant he's referring to, this relationship element. God is no longer afar off. In fact, God has placed himself with man. He indwells the blood-bought child of God and he invites us to draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to us. And as Ephesians 2.13 reads, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were afar off are made nigh by what? By the blood 
of Christ. So Jesus Christ offered himself for our sin and therefore we can know God, we can know him personally, we don't need a priest to represent us before God, we are that royal priesthood. And we can enter the very presence of God and we can worship him in spirit and in truth. This is the new covenant. It's this relationship element that I can personally walk with God. That God is not aloof. He's in the distance. As a Roman Catholic, I always thought God was in the distant. And I used to think the few times that I actually went to church, you'd sit in this auditorium with these high ceilings. And to me it conveyed God's a long way away. And I used to wonder how could I possibly... No God who's so far away. But in Jesus Christ we can know him. This new covenant is that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again. And, then, and for every blood-bought child of God we can draw nigh to God because he has shed his blood and he has torn down that Partition that separated man from God. This new covenant, a better covenant, a better ministry that has better promises. Look at verse 6, better promises. The promises are better because they are in reference to spiritual and eternal inheritance. They are in reference to a spiritual, eternal Inheritance, not merely an earthly inheritance. See, back in chapter 7, verse 22, the covenant was mentioned for the first time with Jesus Christ being our surety, our mediator, our guarantor. Here the covenant is connected with him as our mediator. Jesus Christ has promised us great and precious promises. He is certainly the hope of glory in all that we have in him because of his offering of himself for our sins once and for all. It's because of Christ we can know that which is true. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, the life. So to know Christ, my friend, is to know that which is true. Well, how do you know he is true? Because he said he is true. And he proved he is true in his death, burial and in his resurrection. In Christ we have redemption. In Christ we have God's power, the power of the Holy Spirit. We have better promises in Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ is superior, not only in his person, so you, you Jewish believers that are looking back over the fence, God is saying, and thinking that you're missing out, you're not missing out on anything. That was a shadow. That was just a picture. Now you've got the real thing. You've got the Saviour. You have a relationship with a great high priest 
and he is positioned at the right hand of God the Father. He has provided redemption once and for all in his death, burial and resurrection and he provides for you and I a better ministry, a better covenant. We have a relationship with God, better promises. The Word of God is full of great and precious promises. Those poor Jewish people as they went to the temple and they paid their monies to buy that offering and they handed over that offering to the priest. The best that offering could do was to provide a covering for their sin. Not forgiveness, covering. That's it. That's it. But in Jesus Christ we have forgiveness. We enter into a new covenant. We no longer need to go to a temple or a particular place to worship God. We can worship God in spirit and in truth wherever. Yes, we meet in this building that we call church. But you and I as Bible-believing Christians, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Within the old Jewish economy, God lived in the holies of holies. Now within the New Testament economy, God lives in the, by His Spirit within the child of God. And we are a royal priesthood. So we can worship God in spirit and in truth. We can have a relationship with the living God who is seated at the right hand of God the Father. What a privilege. What an honour. And God is trying, to say, is trying to say to these Hebrew Christians, listen, you guys are not missing out on anything. You need to understand you've got something better. Something better, far better than anything Judaism could ever offer you. And Bible-believing Christian, may I remind you that in Jesus Christ you have something better. Better than anything the world could ever offer you. So don't be misguided. Don't be misinformed. Don't be deceived that you're missing out on anything. Because to have Christ is to have all. He is our great high priest. And here in chapter 8 we're going to continue to study in greater detail this new covenant, this special relationship where God no longer dwells in a sacred place known as the holies of holies, God chooses to dwell within the blood-bought child of God by the power of His Holy Spirit. Christ in you and I, the hope of glory. And Jesus Christ said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you because he is seated at the right hand of God the Father and he continues to intercede on our behalf day in, day out. So let's not take our Saviour for granted. 
Let's be thankful for that relationship we have in him. We see here in Jesus Christ who was a great high priest who was not only perfect but he provided a complete service in every way. He provides forgiveness and beyond that we enter into a new covenant. We enter into a relationship with the God of gods, the King of kings. And may God help us to value that and I trust that this evening before you go to bed that you'll open up your Bible and spend a few moments in the Word of God and just talk to the God that dwells within you by His Spirit. And then tomorrow morning when you awake, I trust that you'll begin the day by opening up your Bible and allow God to speak to you. And you speak to Him, He that dwells you and I as blood-bought children of God by His Holy Spirit. This is the new covenant. This relationship this presence of God within us. Let's not take that for granted. Christian, don't ignore him. I'm afraid that many Christians, the only time they think about God is when they're in church. Oh, I'm in the presence of God now. Wrong. Wrong. If you know Jesus Christ as Saviour, you are forever in the presence of God. Yes, we worship collectively, corporately. This is for our edification. But the moment I walk out of this building, God is still with me. The moment I jump into my car, God is still with me. As I, as I prepare to go to bed this evening, God is with me. As I sleep this evening, God is still with me. If I awake, if God sees fit to awaken me, God is still with me. He promises never to leave me. He promises never to forsake me. That is the new covenant, beloved. And may God help us to live in that reality that God is with us. And we have nothing to gain outside of that. Nothing is worth more than the fact that the God of the heavenlies lives within me and loves me with an everlasting love. May God help us to value that relationship. Let's pray.